Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. This week, we'll continue to talk about the impact of human error, in particular, using personal email for work purposes and accidentally losing documents. It's been quite a fun week, following on from last week's conversation, where we were talking about CCTV and people accessing that inappropriately. We've now got, I think it was Saturday, it hit the news that MOD documentation was left at a bus stop at Kent. Admittedly, the member of staff did report the fact that it was lost, so they were aware of it. But this actually included details about military movements and whether or not the UK was going to consider support for Afghanistan with the the US removal um, and the kind of its position with NATO. So actually really important documents of a level of national security left at a bus stop and Mm -hmm. i just wanted to raise the point that that's how easy it is if you're distracted you know you might have a lot of things things do get lost people do pick them up and if you honestly think someone's not going to look into that file you're kidding yourself yeah they sort of said that they couldn't really believe quite just the range of information that was included in one set of lot of documents and that they don't think that that's necessarily happened before like you said it covered so many different aspects of ships that went through annoyed russia because it's going through mm-hmm. ukraine waters and yeah it seems the level of sensitivity was obviously marked on all the documentation but it was just there sitting there as a pile of papers in the rain and it's crazy you know you can see some of the the papers have been photographed on the bbc website so it's now information that we've all seen and we yeah. know the summary of it and one of them was marked at secret uk eyes only and like you say it's i think if you're how many times it's so easy to do and it's not just papers it's laptops as well you know you've got so much stuff you're getting off a bus or a train or you realize you're late for your stop and yeah. you're rushing and something gets left behind and i think people can obviously feel like it's never going to happen to them but it's very very easily done and obviously with this kind of information you do question why has it left the building in the first place you know is it appropriate that it has and with people is it a result of the fact that people might have to work from home more at the moment it's going between working from home and being in the office and maybe it's the habit of making sure that information's okay or that you've got everything with you whatever it is that people have got out of the habit because in the last year you, you're not you've not been in the circumstance of moving around and so now it's not automatic in the way it used to be and, and maybe more mistakes like this will happen but obviously whilst it's not personal data like you said at a national security level it's potentially be pretty significant and it's interesting because i don't know if you remember and i can't remember if it was before gdpr or after gdpr but the queen's movements were disclosed on a usb stick that was lost and found in a street in london from heathrow a heathrow member of staff was talking about the queen's movements into and out of i think from the palace to the airport and it was found on a usb stick in a street in london and again someone looked into it i mean there's a whole risk of why would you open a usb stick that you can't trust but still that's confidential and highly sensitive information and i think there's probably greater risk now with that this uncertainty of am i working from home am i working from an office am i doing both i've got papers i've got electronics what do i take with me when do i take it with me and we're so out of that routine unless you've been always going into the office during the pandemic a lot of people are out of that routine they're thinking oh do i have everything with me you know so i think that these human errors are incredibly likely to happen probably more so in the next few months because of this 
constant movement and maybe it will always be a greater risk now that this concept of hybrid working is going to be in so for me anyone that's listening just take a minute to just double check i know you see a bus coming like oh i must get on that but do you literally have everything with you and where are you putting the more sensitive information down obviously we don't know what else the individual had with them but at the same time you know has there been consideration around what needs to be taken with you so i know that again there's always a temptation of oh i might need this document or you know does it need to be i'm sure that some of this does need to be paper-based but does it need to be paper-based or can you manage it digitally where it's stored in a secure location that you're then signing into as opposed to transporting all this information around on public transport i mean what was it being stored in a carrier bag it was just like it was just a pile of papers and it was sitting in the rain it's crazy isn't it kind of trying to think about the, the logic of how have you actually been carrying that information anyway i mean we can speculate but it'd be easy to think that actually if you've been looking at them you've just noticed that the bus is arriving you've probably put them down and then you've gone to the bus and then you're like oh my god i've I've left my papers behind and it can't have been that long i would hope that someone's realized that has happened but the point you made a little bit a while ago regina was really important is that do you need these in paper format before you leave home or in the office? Do you really need to transport that in that fashion? You know, can it be scanned? If it can't be scanned, you know, can there be an electronic format? Does it actually really need to be in paper format? And, you know, if you're going to carry it, can you put it in a secure case in your bag that you've got attached to you at all times? It's just some simple things, I think, to consider. Absolutely. And I think that will be the part of the consideration as we move to a more hybrid way of working, that what are the implications on data security, the way you engage with the information that you need to as a business, and how do your staff do that? Because, for example, if you're moving into co-working spaces, what Mm. that means for visibility of screens, paperwork, you know, is it being left behind at the end of the day? But actually, if you're in an open space, or you've got a desk in a co-working space, it's not the same as being in your own office. There's more people around, there's more other businesses, other individuals will have access to it, and you can't assume the good intentions of everybody else who will walk past that that information and where it could be of use to them, and whether that's a threat from the personal data side or from a business commercial side or a national security side, you really do need to be thinking about that. So I think my urge to all businesses is to have a real genuine think about this move to hybrid working, where the data security risks are where the risks around individuals ways of working are and then remind them have the conversation with them ask for their input about how you think as an organization you manage that yeah absolutely i think that's incredibly important that leads us on to the next story that came up in the the press which was people using personal email addresses for work purposes mm-hmm. and this is very common practice this is not you know yes it was newsworthy because of who the individual was however it's very common that this happens and the challenge is to remember for you as a business owner is you have no control over that personal email address once it's come out of your domain it's stopped coming under your rules and responsibilities of your business and stuff Um, and that's obviously from an accountability perspective you are responsible for demonstrating your accountability you're responsible for making sure you can demonstrate how you keep information safe secure and confidential and you have none of those controls over someone's personal email addresses Mm -hmm. and certainly the level of conversations from this government individual could have been quite sensitive so Mm -hmm. it might not have been personal data but it could have been sensitive information it could have been information that related to national security matters for example so it's a reminder to know how many of your staff 
are potentially using personal email address for work purposes and why if you've given them a work email address which in this scenario the individual absolutely did have government email address so why did it happen why do they feel the need to use and not their own and you made the the point to me uh, before the podcast regina if you are a government organization those communications are still subject to freedom of information they're not suddenly secret or not in the known they're not classed as like a personal communication between friends these are work communications so again absolutely and i think that's the point that is really important to reinforce if the reason for using a personal work email address is a personal email address over a work address is to circumvent rules and regulations that you're subject to either as a government official or within your business, then it probably doesn't actually work anyway. So if you are using it for work purposes, it will still have to be disclosed under things like a freedom of information request if you're a government organisation or subject access request if you are not, somebody puts one in if you've been using it for work purposes, it's going to get pulled under and have to be disclosed. Obviously, it's much harder for the business to be aware of. If you've got, you know, if, if somebody knows, people are aware of that fact, they can pull it through. And it's the same thing with personal texts and WhatsApp messages. You, you read have my mind. to be aware that just because you're using an outside of the work or business infrastructure doesn't necessarily always automatically protect you from it having to be disclosed. And I think if there are any charities listening to this, I know that a lot of charities have volunteers who have their own personal email addresses because one you might not have the ability to issue out new email addresses so for me it'd be a sense like very much like we've just said about transferring data from one place to another remind people of what the responsibilities are when it comes to using that if that's your only means put some rules in place demonstrate that you've got rules so that something was to go wrong and god forbid the commissioner was to come knocking on your door you can demonstrate a level of accountability absolutely And that could be just reminding people about how and what is appropriate to be shared or stored on that that email. Mm -hmm. It could be that you ask the individual to set up an email that is specifically for your Mm -hmm. charity and the work that they're doing with you. So that then even if it's not under your remit, it's separate from their own Mm -hmm. personal information. You absolutely should be giving them training and guidance around data protection best practice, which will help them in their own lives anyway, in Mm. terms of things like good email, password protocols and the risks of phishing emails, so that then you can really try and help engage the staff in the idea around data protection being important and the volunteers in understanding where they could be putting putting the charity at risk. And I think it's what steps can you take as an organisation to make sure people are aware of your stance on the use of personal devices and also what they can do to help ensure that the data remains secure. And I, I would say one part in statement about email, because it's prolific use at the moment, is if you're not prepared to, to stand by a point that you've made in your email in front of court, which is where this could go, if it's to go to a tester, if it's go to a tribunal or a court case, don't pull it down. Don't mm-hmm. pull it into any form of communication if you're not prepared to stand by it. That's my, my part in short on this <laughs> today's it's- podcast. I like it. And it's similar to um, one of the QCs in the case around the emails that were eventually exposed was like, you can walk into a bank with a balaclava on, but if you do, it's probably not the best intentions that you've got (laughs) in place. So I thought that was quite entertaining as an analogy as well. 
I think we've raised a fair few points that hopefully will give you some things to chew over and mull over and just reflect on, you know, what's happening in your business or your charity or your organisation, particularly at this time of change with hybrid working. And as we're opening up more, thinking about how you engage your staff in the, the technology they're using and keeping the data you're responsible for secure. If you've got any thoughts or you'd like to share them with us or have ideas about what you'd like us to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch with us on coffee at dbxuk.com and then join us next week for another data protection chat over a cuppa. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.